What's up, magical human? Hey, if you're like me and you want to create a bigger impact on the world, why not share your knowledge and talents with others? Welcome to the podcast where I share marketing strategies, product creation tips, and real life stories of how women all over the world are using their knowledge and creativity to build a life and business they love on their terms. I'll share with you over a decade of knowledge and show you how you can take what you already know and do and package it into a digital product like a course, membership site, or digital download that sells globally. I'm Amy Jo, and you're listening to the Digital Magic Podcast. All right. Hi, everyone. Thank you for hopping in. We are going to, guys, I am actually so excited for today for multiple reasons. Spring is coming, which means summer is coming, and it's just a beautiful time. But also, we have Hazel here, who is all about digital products, like all of us who is listening to this. And great minds think alike, I feel like. And so I would love, Hazel, if you can introduce yourself, tell us what you do, and then also tell us why you're so in love with digital products like the rest of us. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amy, for having me. It is so nice to be here. Um, so yeah, my name is Hazel June. I create digital products for clients. Um, I was in corporate, like I think for a decade and part of the training and development uh, team for over 10 years. And so I have this passion for learning and training and facilitation. And so when I started my um, online business, I really got into the online course creation industry because it's so close to what I'm doing, what I was doing in corporate. Um, and so I, I just love curriculum design. I love, you know, the the course content creation piece of um, online courses and digital products. And then this year I started dabbling on other types of digital products, not just courses. Um, and I find it so really interesting how little things that we do for clients and then also the resources that we provide for our clients can actually be converted into digital products that we can sell on our website or uh, on our online store, um, you know, just to have that additional revenue stream in the business. So that's really why I'm super passionate about digital products. It's really just so good to share your brilliance and your genius with the world. It really is. I think, I don't know. It's funny when I sit down and I talk to someone who is not super online, like doesn't really know a lot about the digital product space. And maybe they think, oh, like that would never work for what I do. You know, I can sell a digital product. I do all these one-to-one services and things like that. And when you just start talking about it and you start showing them the types of digital products or how they can start transitioning their one-to-one services into a digital product, you can see the little sparks that start going off and the little fireworks of like, whoa, I didn't even know that that was a thing. And really, I think course creation, digital product creation, everything in itself is such an art form in a way, the way that you navigate it and you put it together and everything like that. I think it's just so beautiful and I love talking about it. So I'm so glad that you are here and you are going to teach us all the things and I'm here for it. So if you would like to take it away, Tell us what you're teaching us today, and I am. I will get my pen and paper. I'm ready. Awesome. Thanks, Amy. So, yes. So, what I'm going to be talking about today or presenting today is about how to create SOPs um, like a pro. So, here's one thing that I've, because like last year, I have, just to give you context, last year, 
I facilitated a workshop on how to create SOPs. I co-facilitated, so there are other facilitators. And then I, prior to that workshop, I was just purely focusing on digital courses. And then I suddenly have this aha moment, this light bulb moment, realizing that we can leverage SOPs to easily create and convert digital products or courses in our business, especially for service providers, because usually service providers have their own process flows mapped out. Maybe not you know, in document, but at least in your head, you have your process flows mapped out, right? And so I realized that there really is power when you have all these process flows mapped out, because not only will you be able to delegate easily um, and make sure that the work gets done properly by your team members, you can also leverage SOPs in a whole lot of different ways that will add additional uh, revenue in your business. So that's exactly where gonna, what I will be like talking about today. My five-step roadmap into creating SOPs like a pro so that as a service provider, you stop being the bottleneck in your business and you can start delegating tasks so you can take more clients and of course, increase your income. So that's basically what, what this is about. Now, um, I know for service providers, one of the challenges that we have is that we find it hard to delegate tasks to our team members. Um, and so because we can't delegate that much, we ended up doing most of the work and so, because it's a service-based business, it's hard for us to take more clients and increase our income. Unless, of course, we like increase our rates, right? But we can only increase our rates so much. So in this uh, presentation, if you're a service provider and you're usually booked out or you want to increase your income without doing more client work, you want to leverage your time so that you can focus on being you know, the CEO of your business, this uh, presentation is just right for you. So let me go over some of the things that we're gonna be like covering today. The first one is the most common mistake that most service providers make when delegating tasks. We're also gonna talk about the three different ways to grow a business according to Jay Abraham. And then also my do less with more um, philosophy uh, using my process to profit framework. And then we're going to talk about best ways to leverage uh, process flows. And finally, the step-by-step -step strategy or roadmap on how you can create your own SOPs for your business. Cool. Now, also, um, let me, if you're, if you're a service provider, you probably have been in a situation where you're buried neck, uh, neck deep in client work and you don't have time to map out processes, right? Because I know I've been there and I've, I've known some freelancers or service providers who've been in that same exact situation. Uh, sometimes we don't know what to prioritize. We're overwhelmed with um, a lot of different things in the business. Um, and then also we may come to a point where we are exhausted and burned out from marketing and servicing our clients. So then we don't have energy left um, in terms of you know, systemizing or our business processes. So if you feel like there's this incredible or invisible barrier that's stopping you from being the bottleneck in your business so that you have more free time, then I suggest that you like listen to uh, this presentation because this is definitely gonna answer that question or help you out at least. Now, um, one of the things that I've, I really wanna highlight is that 
with the things or concept that I'm going to be sharing with you, it really is all about learning or identifying the lead domino that ultimately makes the biggest impact in your business so that you can help more clients, you can earn more income, and then have more free time doing what you love. Um, and that creating SOPs is not, does not necessarily have to be complicated. Because I know a lot of people, myself included before, um, I thought SOPs is too, are too damn complicated and that they're very, um, you know, very hard or difficult to like really document. Um, but with this process that I'm gonna be sharing with you, I made it a whole lot, at least simpler and more doable, um, especially for busy service providers, okay? Um, okay, so the first time, let me just give you like a quick background. The first time that I delegated the task, it was a whole mess. Um, so I, when I started my business, when I went full time on my business, I hired three different team members, like back to back to back. So just imagine that in itself is a huge mistake. Uh, the second thing is that because I hired three team members, like a few weeks back to back. Um, the entire delegation thing is a whole mess. It was a whole mess because I was not ready. I didn't have all my processes mapped out. And I, I'm not saying you need to have all your processes mapped out before hiring. But for me at that point, I don't even have the process flow for the task that I'm delegating to my new team member mapped out. So I was forced into mapping out my own processes, my own SOPs. I was forced to um, really dive into my own methodology and start documenting because I need to delegate that to my newly hired team member. And that was a mess that was, um, that was really difficult. It was a challenging time or um, in my business because I'm doing client work. I'm managing the team. I'm a marketing or services. So there's a whole lot of things. Um, there were a, a, a bunch of different things on my plate at that point. And one thing that I realized was that um, how like beneficial it would be had I have my process flows mapped out before I started hiring out. Because what ended up happening was, because I was like giving, you know, bits and pieces of the task and the process, what, what ended up happening is that I always had this back and forth communication with my team members. So then they would, I would give them an instructions, which I didn't realize was incomplete. They're gonna ask me questions, I'm gonna respond. They will have another question, I would have to respond. So there's this endless back and forth, unnecessary, um, back and forth communication between me and my team members because I was not able to really dive into the actual steps that they need to do. And then another thing is that I didn't give them the resources that they need in order for them to successfully uh, complete a task. So that's the reason why it was an entire mess. And that's the reason why I'm sharing that with you and what you can do differently in your business um, if you are looking at hiring more team members or systemizing your business, just so you can avoid the same mistakes that I did. So let's get to, um, let's get to the three different ways to grow a business according to Jay Abraham. 
So he said that the three different ways to grow a business. Number one is to increase the number of your customers, right? Um, second is to increase the transaction size, meaning the average order value. And then um, increasing the purchasing frequencies. So service for service providers, it would be like retainer clients, right? So if you were able to resell your services or cross sell them into your other services, then you um, the purchasing frequency um, increases. So then you get more, um, you get more income. So how does that how does that apply with our service based businesses? The thing is repeatable systems, right? Having repeatable systems will allow us to serve more clients without having to put more hours. And in order to scale a service-based business, we would need to hire and delegate projects, right? So either we delegate or we automate. Now, not all processes can be automated at this point. So some of the processes or tasks that we do for clients, it ha they have to be delegated. And in order to delegate properly and avoid that messy delegation um, thing that I mentioned earlier, we would need to have that process flows mapped out, right? Because then when we have more, um, we have, we're able to delegate more tasks to our team members. That means more tasks will be taken off our plate and we will be able to serve more clients. And more clients, of course, means, you know, that's the first way to grow the business, increasing the number of customers that you have. Does that make sense? So that's how um, process flows can actually be, be very beneficial to our um, businesses. Now, the thing is, what most service providers do usually is that they create a list of steps or instructions and then hand it out to their VA or their staff. But then we also expect them to do the task effectively and efficiently just by handing out a list of steps, right? Or instructions. And again, this is something that I did before. I just handed out a list of things that they need to do without me realizing that not only were the steps incomplete, I didn't also include the resources that they need in order to do that particular task effectively. Um, and I think this is one of the common mistakes that we do as you know, CEOs or team managers of our business. Um, we just hand out a list and we expect that everything will be taken care of, right? Effectively and efficiently. But then that is not always the case. So what ends up happening is that we end up having to do the task again. And I'm pretty sure some of you or most of you will be able to I, I relate to this because I've done this multiple times. Like I would delegate a task, but then when I review it, I ended up having to do the task all over again. So then I felt like it's a complete waste of time because why would I hire somebody if I would have to do the work myself, right? Um, because they can't do it. Uh, they can't do it effectively at the level of you know, quality that I would want them to uh, deliver, right? And so there's this, um, that, you know, that feeling that it was a complete waste of time and money hiring or delegating the task. Um, there was like what I've mentioned before, there was an endless back and forth on how to do things because all I did was just provide them instructions or a list of steps. And I felt like I was doing more because remember the whole point of delegating and hiring team members 
is for me to work less. But because I end up, you know, uh, doing the task, redoing the task or the projects, I tend to find myself doing more instead of doing less. So then that creates that, you know, that creates that feeling of resentment towards the project, towards the team members and all of those things, right? And it's a negative situation to be in. So how do we prevent all of these negative emotions and this negative situation from happening um, in terms of hiring and delegating, you know, uh, things to, to, um, to our staff or team members? The best way is to leverage SOPs or process flows, right? Now, these are the five steps of the five-step roadmap for creating SOPs like a pro. The first one is auditing your time. Second is identifying the big rock, and I'm going to cover big rocks later on. The third one is creating um, like visuals. And then the fourth one is documenting everything. And then the fifth one is refining and evaluating your current process flows. Now, before I get into the nitty gritty details of each of the steps, um, let me just quickly cover the different ways that we can leverage process flows in our business. Because process flows or SOPs, by the way, I'm, I'm using it interchangeably. SOPs or process flows um, are not just created for the sake of having SOPs in the business, right? It's really for us to start systemizing our business operations so that we can create repeatable systems of processes. But also it helps us, it helps us make or empower our staff to work independently because we can turn this SOPs into a training manual, right? And then the third one is that we can also create a new revenue stream from process flows because we can convert them into digital products, okay? Like digital downloads, um, digital courses, membership programs, all of those good things, right? All of those amazing digital products can be easily created if you have process flows in place because then you have something to work on. So say for instance, let me give you an example. If say for instance, you are, um, let's see, before years ago, I was, um, I used to help my clients launch their online courses. And one of the things that I do is that one of the resources that I provide to my clients is like a launch calendar with everything that they need to do on a day-to-day -day basis, right? And if this is something that I'm not doing anymore, but what I did was um, that launch calendar can actually be converted. That same launch calendar that I'm using for my clients, right? That can be converted into a digital download that we can sell or that I can sell on my online store or my website, or I can sell that um, in, you know, in like Etsy or third-party marketplace, right? So just think about the number of resources, the number of templates, scripts, um, the number of planners that you use for your own in fulfilling your services. Think about those resources. You can convert them into paid digital products. Because if you're going to look at the low ticket offers right now, the digital downloads, they're basically the same thing. 
right? Those are the same things that we are using in our own uh, service-based business. And because we already have it um, created, then it would be great to start leveraging, right? Reusing that same resource and start selling them in your own store or in a third-party marketplace, right? So I hope that makes sense um, because that really is a great way to leverage process flows. Because one of the things that I'm really, really honing in this year is that I want to create assets that have multiple utility. So meaning, I just, I because years ago, when I was just starting out, I would create like this, um, you know, resources, toolkits, planners, and all of those good stuff. But then after I use them once, they end up, you know, collecting virtual dust in my, in my drive because I don't use them anymore. Right this year, I'm all about doing less with more. And that means creating digital assets that have multiple utility in my business. So if I create an SOP, I want to reutilize that SOP to generate, you know, income stream in my business, right? So say, for instance, I created an SOP. I just started out my own podcast and um, I mapped out an SOP for that. And what I did was I turned that SOP into an employee training course for my VA so that whenever she needs something, it's all done. So she will be trained prior to um, prior to doing the task or prior to completing the project, right? So now, instead of me manually asking or um, answering her questions or manually, you know, teaching her how to do things just to complete the project, she can easily refer uh, refer to that training course that I created out from the SOP that I've mapped out, right? So now I'm saving time. Time that I can use to other revenue generating tasks in my business. So I hope you're getting a whole picture of how we can actually leverage process flows in our service-based business. This is what I call my process to profit framework because we can really turn processes into profit generating uh, products for, for our business. So at this point, um, let me tell you about my process to profit framework. And this is something that I've, um, that I have gotten from the concept of Big Rocks. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Big Rocks concept. Um, it's from Stephen Covey's uh, book. And it's about the Big Rocks productivity jar. So meaning if you, if you have a jar, an empty jar, and then you put like, if you put sand first, and then you put pebbles, and then you put big rocks, you won't be able to like um, put all of the big rocks in the jar because the sand and the pebbles have already taken up space. There wouldn't be any more space left for the big rocks. However, if you do the reverse, meaning click on, um, you have an empty jar, you put the big rocks first, then you put on the pebbles and then the sand, then you'll be able to fill all, uh, fill the jar with the big rocks, the pebbles and the sand because the sand will trickle down the empty spaces in between the rocks. The pebbles will do the same. So what does that mean from the big rocks productivity um, concept, right? According to Stephen Covey, if we take care of the big rocks first, what happens is that it automatically 
takes care of the little rocks, the pebbles, and the sand in the business. So meaning if you identify the lead domino that has the biggest impact in your business, then those pebbles and the sand, the little things, the unimportant things, uh, well, not really unimportant, but the little things in your business, it will automatically be taken care of just because you took care of the big rocks. All right. So that, that, uh, that's the big rocks concept. And that's where I've taken, um, that's where I've based my process of profit framework. So what that means is that the big rocks is for my process to profit framework. Big rocks is equivalent to process flows. The pebbles will be equivalent to, you know, a productized service. And then the sand will be equivalent to the digital, digital products. So meaning if you create, if you um, take care of your process flows first, it will automatically make the creation of your digital products or productizing your services, meaning creating service packages instead of custom packages, it will automatically automatically make it easier for you to do it because you already have the thing the you know the the main the fundamental um, processes that you need in order to craft that particular digital product or productized service right but if you create digital products first before mapping out your process flows what ends up happening is that you have to start from scratch right? You would have to figure out, okay, what's going to be my framework? What's going to be, what content do I need to put in my, in lesson one? What needs to, what needs to, what content needs to happen first? What needs to happen next? How do I wrap up this particular course, right? Or how do I create this resource for the course? You're going to literally have to start from scratch because you don't have anything that, you know, you don't have an asset that you can repurpose into a digital product. But if you create process flows first, then you already have, remember, process flows like the step-by-step -step, uh, process on how to create certain things, right? So if you already have that, the step-by-step -step, um, process, process flow can then be converted into your curriculum for your online course, right? It's already like sequenced in order. You just have to reposition the content so that it speaks to a student rather than to a team member because there's going to be like subtle differences right but it's a whole lot easier and faster to create a digital product because you already have an asset all you need to do is repurpose them into a digital product okay so i hope that makes sense um but that is really the power of our process to profit framework so let's go over the sops how do we get started with sops or um the process flows right so remember my first step the first step is to audit okay so what do you need to audit you would need to audit your current processes for delivering a service and i recommend using a time tracker um this is such a powerful exercise that i started doing this year too um i started tracking my time see where i'm spending my time the most um and then from there i will be able to see the gaps in my processes, right? Because then you'll be able to see, okay, I'm spending so much time here. Or maybe it's not how you spend your time, but how your team members are spending their time. If say for instance, your team member is, you know, producing podcast content for, for you, 
right? So then you'll be able to see which part of the entire podcast production process are they spending the time the most. And then from there, you'll be able to figure out why is that team member spending so much time here? Because it could be from there, you'll be able to identify whether it's a skill issue or uh, a learning, you know, a learning gap, whether it's a skill gap or a learning gap, meaning she doesn't know much about the process yet, that particular step yet. That's why it's taking her too long to actually complete it. Or she's not that skilled enough. She doesn't have that experience, you know, that um, enough. That's why it's taking her time to actually do it. Does that make sense? So by being able to audit how you're delivering your service, you'll be able to spot gaps in your processes. Okay, believe me, this is a super powerful exercise that I highly, highly recommend that you do. Um, and you can do it not just to create SOPs, you can do it to sort of increase your productivity as well. So that's the first step. You wanna audit how you're currently delivering a service. The second is you wanna identify the big rock. So remember the big rock that I talked about earlier? The big rock is your lead domino. This is the thing that's gonna take care of the little things, right? So what you wanna do is identify the big rock and the big rock is for, is, um, will allow you to determine where you need to start. So say for instance, a certain service may have different faces, right? When we deliver a service, it's not just you know, an overnight thing, um, especially if it's a project-based service, right? So it normally usually has like multiple faces, right? So then say, for instance, if you are, um, what would be a good, say, for instance, you're a digital product creator, right? So say you're a digital product creator. And when you create digital products for your clients, there are several faces in that service, right? So by looking at those different faces um, and then auditing, right? Auditing your time, how you're spending your time, fulfilling those, each of those phase, um, you will be able to identify which one do you need to take care of so that the others will be a lot more easier to um, accomplish, right? Or to uh, deliver. Does that make sense? So basically the big rock is really that lead domino that makes a big difference to your process, okay? The third one is to create a visual diagram. Now, most of the people that I know when they create SOPs, they start with just documenting, right? Writing down the steps, identifying the steps, writing it down. What I, um, what I discovered is a really good way to make the documentation, the actual writing down of steps a lot easier and faster is if you have a visual map of your process flow. Because our brain processes visuals 60,000 times better than text. What does that mean? Let me repeat that. The brain processes visuals 60,000 times better than text. So what does that mean? Our brain can easily understand visuals and can we can quickly understand visuals compared to just reading a bunch of instructions in text. Okay, it's a lot easier to understand. And if you have, you know, the uh, like a flow chart, if you have a flow chart, 
you will also be able to visualize how the entire process works. And once you have that, once you have everything mapped out, once you have your process mapped out, you know, in visual form, like in a flow chart, it's a lot easier to identify if there's any gap in between, um, in between the tasks. So let me give you an example. One of my friends, um, she delegated LinkedIn lead generation process to her VA. And her first step was, um, her first step was go to LinkedIn, access LinkedIn, right? That's the first step, access LinkedIn. And that's it. That's the first step. And this is like in the visual format, right? That's the first step, access LinkedIn. And then the second was to send 10 connection requests. So by looking at access LinkedIn, that automatically uh, gives me uh, like an idea that a resource is needed in order to complete that particular task. Because if I'm your VA, and all you gave me was access LinkedIn, and I don't have your LinkedIn credentials, right? Then I won't be able to access LinkedIn. Are you getting the point? So by looking at the visual, the flowchart, it easily allows you to see what resources, tools, or um, references your staff need to have in order to complete a step properly. So in order for me to complete the first step, which is to access LinkedIn, I would need to have, you know, the, the credentials of LinkedIn, I would need to know the actual profile link, so that I would know um, which ones I need to like, um, to access. Does that make sense? So that happens, because we have that visual in place. All right. So that's what I meant by creating a visual diagram. The fourth one is to convert the workflow into a process document. And this is the key here. The reason why this is a whole lot easier and simpler is because you already have a flow chart, right? You already have a flow chart. You've identified the steps by steps, step-by-step uh, -step process. You already have uh, an idea what happens if this is not done, what happens if the client says this, what happens if this is the result, because you already have the flow of the entire process. So now it's a whole lot easier to write the steps down because all you have to do is convert each of the uh, touch point, right? Each of the touch point, each of the step, convert that into a written format. You get what I'm saying? So then once you're done converting the flow into a written document, now you have your SOP. And the great thing is, if you have visual learners in your team, they will be able to quickly understand or uh, understand the process better because you already have a visual in place. Make sense? So that is the fourth step. Just write things down based on the flowchart that you've mapped out. And then the final one is to refine your SOPs over time. Because, well, SOPs are li uh, living breathing thing, right? It's not a one and done deal. You would have to continuously um, review your existing processes and then refine if there's a need to refine the process, right? Because as service providers, when we start doing our, when we start fulfilling our services multiple times, 
we learn a thing or two every time we, you know, we fulfill a service, right? So that learning that we're, you know, we're getting from um, fulfilling a service every time, that can be included in your SOPs, right? So that it's a whole lot easier for your staff to actually uh, fulfill it, okay? So those are the five steps. Um, those are the five steps that, um, that will allow you to create SOPs like a real pro. And um, Amy, is it okay if I give the freebie now? Yeah, totally. That would be great. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, so the first step that I've mentioned earlier was to audit the time, right? Um, and so I've created this, what I call a profitability calculator. Um, and you can just go to my website, hazeljun.com forward slash her own magic. Um, to get access to this freebie. So what it does is that it helps you track your time and also decide whether you need to eliminate it, delegate it, or delete it, right? So those are the things. And then also it's gonna help you see how much time you spent on a certain thing and categorize them um, accordingly so that it's a whole lot easier for you to identify where, where you're spending most of your time. So again, that's hazeljun.com forward slash her own magic. That's where you can get the free calculator. I hope you guys understand how gold this, just everything. One, you're an amazing speaker. That was a great presentation. Two, the golden nuggets throughout the presentation, even before you got into the five steps, which are amazing by the way. But before that, when you said, you know, your SOPs that you're creating, you can turn those into digital products as well thus creating an additional income stream for yourself. You know, I think a lot of people just don't even think about it. They think that it, you know, it's just for them. It goes into a binder that they have, or, you know, a binder, I don't know, <laughs> you know, like a Google, Google Drive, Google Doc, whatever to like share, but they don't think about actually being able to sell that. And I'm starting to see more and more people offering that as products. I, I got a tag or a targeted through an Instagram ad and she was selling, I think it was ClickUp templates or it was something like that, but I've seen it like Trello templates, like Trello yeah. boards already laid out and things like that. So really thinking outside the box on things that you already have or that you're already doing that with teeny tiny tweaks, you can put up as a digital product and have that additional income stream. I think it is so amazing. And a lot of the stuff that you said, well, <laughs> I related so much to some of the stories that you told in the beginning, because that was exactly my first hire experience as well. I was like, ah, I'm going to bring it on. And I was just like, oh, snap. You know, it was, it was, it was a hot mess. And I learned a lot and that's how we grow, right? So we know yep. not to do that again and to make sure that we like map everything out. So I really appreciate your five steps and all of the knowledge that you shared with us. And I'm excited about that profit calculator too. I think that's super cool. So thank you again for being here and just for everything. Can you give us your link one more time just in case anyone who's who needs it again? Thank you, Amy. So yeah, so you can grab a copy of the calculator. Just go to hazeljune.com forward slash her own magic. Awesome. Thank you again so much. Aw, oh, man, this episode's over, but that's okay. You can come hang out in the Digital Product Female Entrepreneurs Facebook group, hang out with thousands of us making digital products, creating awesome, cool things, 
and selling them to the world. Come get inspired. Come hang out with us. There's thousands of us there and we cannot wait to support you. Now, if you need some ideas on digital products that you can create and sell, go to herownmagic.com and download my freebie. It's 65 digital products you can create and sell by this weekend. It is waiting for you there. Go check it out and you have an amazing week. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you next time. Go create your own magic.